Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Madernoff. Got Osmond Begg joining me here today. Uh, Jihadi is doing family stuff uh, for this week, so Oz was nice enough to, to jump in here and uh, hold it down for him. Oz, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. Summer League's a wrap. We're in the kind of getting into that dead time or summer, though, where I'm already getting antsy. It's like, all right, what, what's next? Exactly. I think Wizards Twitter is getting antsy from what we saw today. So yeah. um, maybe we can give them some uh, actual basketball <laughs> related things to talk about before. Why we can't we just be apart. in the Vegas like championship game? You know, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be <laughs> some year under this front office. I think we will win summer league for whatever good that does for <laughs> us. Uh, I, I have a feeling that that's coming at some point. So we'll see. Um, but you never know. So uh, we'll, we'll go with that. So I, I think, most of what I want to talk about here today is kind of summer league. What we saw from people we like talk about the new coaches, and then we'll talk about where that goes with the roster. Mm-hmm. First, I just want to mention, uh, we do have some new merch for the show. It's the Washington Weezards. Um, we, we, uh, it's a little French themed thing in uh, favor or in support of our new guy, Bilal Kulabali. It's got a set of Washington monument. There's an Eiffel tower on there. So I think it looks pretty cool. It's a way to show to support subtly for our rookie here a little bit. Uh, we'll be giving a couple of those away for everybody who subscribes to the show on YouTube. And if you are listening to this and you are not subscribed on YouTube, even if you just listen to it in podcast form, if you click that little uh, subscribe button for us on the YouTube channel, that's really appreciated. It makes it more discoverable for other people. Also a like button if you're watching this, also super helpful. So we appreciate all that kind of stuff. As always, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Peach Teas, Hard Half and Halves. Can't go wrong. It was hot as shit all weekend. I played in a tennis tournament and pounded through a bunch of those afterwards after I got How'd my ass kicked. I got crushed. I'm uh-huh. just so fat and out of shape at this point in my life. Probably it was like, it's like when you saw um, Antoine Walker after he immediately retired, he blew up like 85 pounds. I think that's where I'm at <laughs> in my tennis career. So uh, it was rough, man. Uh, but that's okay. That's what drinks are for. Um and if you want to bet on anybody I'm playing against, you can go to bet online. I don't know if they have our USDA rec league um, odds on there or not, but the, the odds would not be in my favor, I think. So for everything else, bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get your latest odds, lines, matchup info for baseball, boxing, golf, uh, professional tennis, probably more likely. Uh, bet online continues to be your fastest, uh, fast and easiest way to get your wagers, live betting info, casino and card games, all that good stuff. And you can head to the website uh, today and get in on the action. You can use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, and get your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. 
All right, Oz, let's just get into it here. Uh, yeah. Summer League took place. The Wizards were pretty respectable. I think it was a much improved product over last year's Summer League roster, in my personal opinion. I just how'd you feel about the experience overall, I guess? It wasn't bad. I mean, it always seems like it's too short-lived. That's kind of the whole Summer League yeah. product, especially if you're not one of the teams that also play in, play in Utah or play in California ahead of time. Like, if you're, right. if you're a Lakers fan, you've played... They've, they've played about seven games. So you've kind of seen what you needed to see and mm-hmm. got a good, pretty good sample or a decent enough sample. Sure. Uh, in Vegas, it goes quick. Like we started, um, yeah, it wasn't that long ago that they started playing and kind of already a wrap unless you're the Rockets and Rockets playing tonight against, I can't recall who, but that's the, that's the championship uh, Cleveland, game over there. Yeah, against Cleveland. Um, so it's it's quick and it's, it's always funny. The season ends calendars ahead like you have the lottery you have the draft you have free agency and summer league and it all happens one after the other and after the other and it just it just goes fast um i thought we saw what we needed to see for the most part um Bilal definitely stood out i mean and it's not statistically and this is kind of what's always annoyed me about people it's all it's all confirmation bias there's Mm. so many people who are like into the draft and want to say this is my board this is who i've seen so Summer League has kind of become a confirmation of what you of, of draft lead up. <laughs> yeah, um, whatever you so, wanted to think, you can you can justify exactly. pretty much anything. Yeah. Now, like if you've seen Bilal, he pops. I don't care what the shooting numbers say, yeah. like he was exciting. And the I flashes so. that you saw like showed a glimpse. And even the flash that he saw, I think, showed that he should be playing sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I think the defense will translate right away. Uh Will Dawkins was on the off the bench podcast today. Uh with Chris Miller and talked about how like, Hey, athletically he can get in there right now. And, and I believe that I don't think we'll see him like trying to facilitate offense or any of that kind of stuff they were trying to do on the summer league team, but like go be athletic, chase guys around, run really hard, finish on the break. I think that can happen like instantly mm-hmm. for them. Other funny, like interesting thing. We've seen some guys come in as rookies and struggle with confidence early. You definitely yeah. saw that with Johnny Davis last year. Corey Kisper didn't really find his three-point shot till the latter portion of his rookie season going into last year. Um, Denny Avdia couldn't really start a little okay on his shooting, but then that went. Uh, It's it's funny. Bilal is probably the youngest rookie that we've had of that group. He came in. Confidence does not seem to be an issue at all with him. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. one of the things. And it's kind of you, you, as you see more and more, you kind of just learn. So what what I've kind of taken from the last few is they, you know, who's confident, who's ready to step in. His confidence is there. The way he approaches the game is right. Like it seems the right way. Uh, there's a ton to be excited about. And he, he, like, I've never, I've always thought there were players that we drafted that had potential. This is the first guy that we've drafted in a long time that I think you saw glimpses of, glimpses of, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, no, but you saw glimpses startup. of potential, star yeah. potential. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt the same way. And especially like, the chase down blocks and shit like that. Like we haven't really seen that much here. I tweeted something last year after like four G league games that Johnny Davis was the best shot blocking guard we'd had since John wall. And people like tore me up for that. But honestly, I I still stand by it because he is a pretty good defensive player like that. But you know, the fact that you could potentially play cool at one of the guard positions and he's going to average like two and a half blocks a game is nuts. I mean, he was swatting people. I'd say in terms of summer leagues, it's the most exciting summer league a Wizards rookie has had since John Walls. I'd even put it ahead of Beals. Beals had a very yeah. steady, productive one, but it wasn't like a flashy, popping plays like this. I think this is the second best summer league I've seen I've seen since Walls. 
in terms Other of like, the glimpses that you need. Supernova Glenn Rice Jr. Oh, that's true. <laughs> totally. For, you know, I can't believe I didn't, you know, but he wasn't a rookie then. He was a second year guy. That's true. That's true. Like okay, he had there. a leg up at that point. There, uh, he had a leg up at that point. Yeah. <laughs> the guy averaged 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, a half a steal, 2.3 blocks was just good. Shot only 40% from the field, 18% from three, 68% from the free throw line. And I still thought it was like a pretty successful experience for him. And you talked about that confidence. I think a part, like a large part of that was they gave him confidence by saying, here is the ball. Like you have the keys to this. Whereas like even Davis last year, it's like, oh, you're point guard of the future. But here are these three guys we brought in that will never play in the NBA. And we're going to actually let them run the offense. And, And the same thing with, with Kispert, like he needed a point guard and they didn't have anybody that could really set him up. And he just like stood there, like his hands up, like, what do I do here? Um, so I, I think they told Kilo, or Koulibaly, like, we are confident enough in you to let you kind of run the show and, and we'll just live with whatever happens. And I don't give a shit about the turnovers and stuff like that. Like that's summer yeah. league in general. So I'm, I was just like pleasantly surprised by him overall, the poise. You saw enough flashes, like you said, uh, Maybe again, it's I just want to believe here too. Like, but yeah. objective people in the draft space were all like, "Wow, we're what a great summer league from Cool Bali." So I don't think right. this is just us being like, you know, overinflating our own guys like usual. Yeah, I know I agree. And even if uh, I'm actually comparing it to like, Kelly Oubre came in, put up good raw numbers, mm. did not put up good efficiency. Yeah, but I wouldn't even compare the two because he was forcing bad shots. He wasn't getting to shots he wasn't getting to spots that were that you could see translating like mm-hmm. consistently you know what i mean yep. so i think in this case blah like would get to the basket he'd maybe miss at the basket and that's more just adjusting to the league adjusting to the different level athletes you're going against just adjusting uh it's like a strength adjustment also like we've seen that for a few years now guys get better attacking the basket as they get a little more acclimated to the league so mm-hmm. he was getting to his spots he was getting his shot up he was getting separation he was just missing. And that's more of a function of not being raw, like in terms of like a, an Ubre who was raw and also was making some bad decisions. This was more raw in terms of the right decisions, the right, athletic, right athleticism, the right kind of feel for the game. He just wasn't physically ready to make all those shots yet, but that can come quickly, I think. Or it will definitely, at least definitely should come. It came quickly this season in general. This was a guy yeah. that was not supposed to play at the level he played with. People thought he would be in next year's draft. And then all of a sudden you've got people like Weminyama, who's his boy, but still saying yeah. like he should be a top five pick. And, you know, maybe we didn't see that kind of player right now, but it's hard to argue with. That is my cat for anyone watching this yes. on YouTube. Um, <laughs> he loves podcasts uh, and the Wizards. But the other guy I want to talk about here a little bit is just Johnny Davis. We tease this. I thought he looked much more confident. Once again, I don't really care about the shooting percentages. It just sort of nobody, sometimes people that can't shoot, shoot really well over a five game sample size or four game sample and then vice versa. Yeah, He can't shoot it. Like I, I know he can't, I, I'm not saying that he yeah. like had this, um, Oh, they were, you know, he's a great shooter. They just didn't fall kind of thing. He can't shoot, but he did everything else pretty well. He still managed to score not super efficiently, but, he was light years better than last summer league. And I buy the defense like right now. I think he can guard on an NBA court tomorrow and and they need a couple more guys like that. So I'm, you know, I maybe got a little ahead of myself and tweeted out that he should start day one. But what I meant by that was like, if you want to see the role you want him to play long-term, it, it's less about like, 
he's not going to be the guy like putting up 15 points on the second unit. Like his best long-term role is like a defensive stopper type, move the ball, score if he needs to. I saw somebody mention like less athletic Courtney Lee. And I actually don't think that's like a terrible mm-hmm. comp for the type of role you want for him. But like his, he's not going to be the guy that we probably should have taken with the 10th pick ultimately. But if he can like max out eventually as a fifth starter, as just like a role playing defender who can eventually hit open corner threes, I think we'd all take that based on what we saw last year. Like that's a huge uh, step up from, from maybe what we thought we were going to get, you know, last summer. Yeah. I think last summer you didn't see anything that anything positive from summer league. You were just hoping that it was, Hey, it's just summer league. Don't judge the guy too early Mm -hmm. this season. He, even the first couple of games, he was, he had very good stretches. Then he would have one bad shooting quarter that would kind of bring his numbers down. He had one, the third game was not a good game. And then the fourth game was a really good game. So, but I think the one constant you saw was the defense. I look, I'll admit, I think the, I think the conversation gets a little dumb, <laughs> you know, um, he is like, if you could go back and redraft draft, obviously he's not the 10th pick. Yeah. Does that mean you're just going to punt on him and he, you can't find a productive player there? I don't think that should be the case. You already have him. He's under contract. See what you have. And if that player becomes a productive player, great. Um, the the silly kind of just actually I'll just say the stupid part that people say in like on Twitter is like oh well he's not a quick t-. you know they take they take that whole quick twitch that's just yeah. like a nice thing to say now oh this guy's not quick twitch this guy's you know he's not quick to twitch offensively he's that not matters like, so much less in today's league anyway also like, like how many guys are taking one dribble and just blowing by people and exactly. just dunking the ball yeah. it's all about creating separation so if you watch him defensively mm-hmm. he covers a ton of ground. Yeah very quickly mm-hmm. why because he doesn't waste his like his footwork on defense is great yep. so he doesn't waste steps so mm-hmm. if you don't waste steps and if you have great footwork and if you have good defensive iq you can be a very high level defender i wouldn't describe market like marcus smart is much stronger he's not a quick twitch he's not like blowing by anyone or running like the fastest guy on the court or the best best sleeper on the court neither is josh hart neither is like even look sadaransky was one of our better defense defensive guards and he was a leaper. He wasn't great laterally, you know, mm-hmm. but his footwork and his like, he knew how to use yeah, his, his positioning was good. He was smart enough to know where to be. I mean, exactly. He worked so hard. If, <laughs> like that. So if you see that, like that fourth game where he blocked that shot at the rim, I think it was a dunk attempt. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Davis, the non-athlete was able to somehow recover, like help off his man, recover and block a dunk, then got out in transition and finished on a Euro um, off the feed from below. Um, why can't that be a role going forward? You're not going to, I'm not, I don't care how he shoots shooting 16 times a game because he's never going to be a player who should be shooting 16 times a game. I care. Like if he takes 10, if he 10, if he takes 10 shots, can he finish in transition? Can he make the occasional three? So like his numbers overall shooting wasn't great. 41% overall, 43% from three on three and a half attempts, 83% from the free throw line. So I think it's, can he be a decent enough shooter? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I think he could probably become like a, 33, 33, 34% three-point shooter if he's taking the right shots. Do I want him shooting five mid-range jump shots a game? No, I don't. So I think there's a valuable player there if he's used the right way. And I, you know, he looked more comfortable. He got to his spots. Is he ever going to live up to his billing as a 10th pick? No, but um, that he doesn't have to, to still be a productive player. Once you get drafted, it no longer matters where you got drafted. The only thing it matters for essentially is just if you're a first round pick or not and the length of your, your contract and you know, whether you're ninth or 30th, it doesn't really matter beyond that point. I mean, it would have been great if we took him 
at 30 and he turned into a better player. But if you take him at 10 and he only turns into a certain level player, it just is what it is. Like, um, you want to see the best for him that you can see for him. He's on the books. Obviously he's more expensive as the 10th pick than he would have been, uh, 27 or or some other thing, but that's, that's a, not an us problem to have to worry about right now based on, you know, the, the rebuilding nature of the team. It's just, if you had told me based on the player we saw last year that he would have put up 17, five and three in one game, 14, four and three in another 12, eight and two and one and 22, two and three in another, I think I would have said like, yes, please sign me up for that. I don't give a shit about the percentages. And, and again, that also was without like a real point guard setting him up for easy stuff. And I saw a lot of people complain like, Oh, he had tunnel vision and he should have passed this. We still don't know what they're telling them. I'm sure part of this conversation was, Johnny, we want you to go out there and we want you to try to put the ball in the hoop. Uh, if yeah. you are open, we want to see you take it, especially as a second-year guy with some cachet on this team. Like That's kind of what happens. You have guys that like give you the keys, and they're not paying you to go out in summer league and be deferential. They want to see if you can do that stuff. And would it have been better if he was more efficient while doing it? Yeah, so be it. But yeah. Um, the other thing is most of this development happens in off seasons. And I think this year we've seen a bigger player. I think the shot does look better. It's still not good. It's got a ways to go, but um, it, it's like, I mean, you tweeted this out before anybody, the bow leggedness is gone and stuff like that. And I think that's a win, but last summer he didn't get to do anything because of the injuries and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think next year, like that third year is where like, if we see a, like a much better shooter, that wouldn't surprise me. And by much better, I mean, going from 30% to 34% would be yeah would be awesome um a leap to take even next year. So all I want to see from him this year is can you move the ball as a secondary creator? Can you defend the shit out of people and can you hit wide open shots if you get them? And that yeah. I would take that as a win for him in year 2. Yeah, he also had 2.8 like he had a lot of he had the ball in his hands a lot. Sure. And I think he only had one and a half turnovers a game in summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So considering how he, you know, he can't everyone says oh he can't get drive by anyone can't do this. He had the ball a ton. Yep. He took a lot of shots. Um, I think he took he took 16 and a half shots a game. So I don't know what the usage is, but I'm sure it's a big number. It's pretty high. On that usage, on that the volume, he had a 2.8 assist to 1.5 turnover ratio, which bad. is not bad. Yeah. You know, so that's also a positive. His steals, um, I think he was over one he was one and a half steals a game. Like there were just a lot of just overall positives. If the shooting efficiency was better, it would pop more. A lot of people, have, I think, have just made up his mind that because, and he's not like the, the, the quick twitch, bouncy. You're not going to just see him and be like, oh wow, you know. But that doesn't mean he still can't be a productive player. And like, kind of going back to that defensive point, do you need that to be a good defensive player? John Wall was one of the best athletes we've had here on this team. Could not stay in front of a quick, quick guard to stay his life. Just love those he, reach around steals, baby. Yeah, love the reach around steals and had his defensive moments. But if you put someone six foot and under on him, he had no chance. You know. <laughs> He had no chance to guard them. So it's obviously, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not what you want from a guy that you take in the lottery, but like, you can't tell me that he's not, he can't be a better, bigger, stronger version of Matthew Della Vadova at the end of the day, a guy that started on a, yeah. on a finals team at some point. Like it, it's, he, he can be a defensive pest who can move the ball a little bit. And I'm not saying Matthew Della Vadova is the ceiling before somebody runs with that, but I'm just saying like that kind of guy where like, you're not really a point guard. You're not really a scorer, but you're out there, you defend people, you get in the way, you make some shots when you need to. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's that, I'll, I'll just take that at this point. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, I've become Johnny it's Davis also, defender, even though you... I didn't like the pick, but it is what it is. <laughs> it's also about what you want out of basketball. Like the whole kind of the yeah. Josh Robbins story about kind of what model they're following. 
They're trying to create the right mm-hmm. habits, create the right culture. Part of that is yeah. playing defense. That mm-hmm. last rebuild that they started in 2019, we were historically bad defense. Yeah. So the problem with that is, okay, you, you're trying to rebuild, but the culture is starting at a negative. Like mm-hmm. you just can't, like you can't start that way. So right now, this time, you potentially could start that culture reset, that rebuild with like a Bilal playing defense, with a Johnny playing defense, with a Denny perhaps playing defense, and then start, and that actually creates culture. That like creates, hey, we're going to play defense here. Kuzma plays defense. You know, like that's a better start to me. That's a better, if you're if the goal is create the right foundation, create the right habits, that's better than like give, being a historically bad defensive team and, you know, just like kind of just shooting your way to a 25-1 season. So, and, and then look, it's also a simple just way how basketball worked. Like you saw it against the, in, in Oklahoma City. When we separated in that game, Bilal and Johnny got very disruptive defensively. We scored in transition. We got easier shots on offense. That's how the lead swelled. That's how basketball works. You get stops. You get easier field goal attempts. You don't have to make offense hard to be, effect, to be efficient. If you, get, if you create easier opportunities for yourself, offense goes up, defense is already playing well, the lead swells. That's just sometimes basketball is that simple. He's shown to be a worker on the defensive end just from the effort he puts into it already. I hope that translates on the offensive end because it is still really ugly. I, it is. I tweeted this out in one of the games, but I've never seen a player that shoots more times where the ball goes 90% of the way down the hoop and still comes out. He's got to just have like some ugly spin on this thing or something. But the guy had like multiple underhand scoop layups that rattled out after like touching every part of the rim. It's just like, I mean, not to, to for him to catch a stray here, but like between he and Denny, it's like, can we have two guys miss more like fucking wide open layups than any person? Like, it's just, it's not a good start. Um, so that has to improve for him to be playable. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if it can be. This is the year to find out. I would give him reps. I, and maybe the starting him is a little too aggressive thing, but I yeah. want to see him play minutes with the starters. And and staggering that is a fine way to go about it. So we'll see. it's also kind of where I struggle a little bit too. Cause, cause if you look at Denny, you said Denny, um, Denny's his name. I mean, Denny's name also. So he has some of a lot of the similar struggles. Yeah, I agree. But he's still perceived as having a higher upside. I, I see a little more upside there, but kind of. You have two guys. One is a wing. One is a guard. One is a wing. One's a guard. They have the same strengths, the same 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 issues. Mm -hmm. Why is there much? Why does there seem to be a lot less patience with the guy who is only entering his second year as a pro? So, one of them is Luca, and one of them isn't. I mean, that's just really what it comes (laughs) down to. Uh, Speaking of our other draft pick, uh, Tristan Vucevic. I kind of didn't love the pick mostly because I just liked other players on the board more, to be honest with you. And Mm -hmm. I don't really kind of love the notion of like a stretch five who can't really protect the rim a whole lot or isn't switchable, but it was pretty good. I mean, like I wouldn't say like he like took summer league by storm or anything, but he had a couple games where he made some shots and the ones he didn't, it looked like he should have made those shots. Um, He's never going to be particularly great defensively, in my opinion, but maybe he can be passable enough. And if you're going to be big and slow, at least have like good hands and instincts. And and he poked a couple balls away. Like he he tried to do some of the right stuff. And I I found that honestly more encouraging than anything. Like he didn't really back down from the challenge. He's just, he's slow. So if he was bad defensively, not a lack of effort, it's just he's slow. (laughs) I mean, like it's just unfortunately kind of where he's at right now. It doesn't mean he can't get faster and quicker and more athletic, um, you know, in NBA strength and conditioning and things like that too. So I thought it was mostly encouraging. Still not kind of my guy, but 
um, I, I think I was pleasantly surprised overall with how he looked for most of it. Yeah, the IQ was there. The awareness was there. The shooting, the form looked good. He looked very fluid on the floor. He's got size. Now, what I can't tell is, is he, is there a chance for there to be a ceiling higher than a, but I, I know I'm not saying his name right, but Jellica, the guy who was on the Kings. Biel- What's Bielitsa. Bielitsa. Am I, yeah, is, because I saw some similarities to Bielitsa, and then mm-hmm. I saw, then, okay, maybe there is a little bit more there. And I guess sure. that's going to depend on how strong he gets, how much time he puts in the weight room, like kind of where he grows from here. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a nice floor for that type of player. Do I know if he, do I think he's ever going to start? I don't know. But like, yeah. there's definitely enough there to still be intrigued and intrigued by the pick and happy with what he showed in his first summer league. I think I like a little step back three. That was a nice one. You know, that was cool. Yeah, I think I saw at least enough to know, like, all right, this guy can be a rotation player in the NBA long term. And if you can just guarantee you got that with a forty whatever pick, forty second pick, like, I'm I'm cool. Like, no argument. Like, just keep it moving. Um, And if he gets stronger with the basketball, and if he gets physically stronger, then there's a chance for more. You know, we've seen, yeah, like, but everyone could slow down with the Joker comps, but (laughs) but, you know, but at the same time, but like. (sighs) There's a, there's enough there to be definitely excited for it and not think that you got a really low floor player. I think there is definitely a high enough floor there to be excited with some potential ce- like you know potential ceiling. If there's a Vukcevic hive three years from now that's telling me if the Wizards didn't squander him, he could have been Nikola Jokic. I'm gonna just want to just like jump out my second floor window here. I <laughs> I can only take that with one player at a time. Uh, but yeah, I hope he's pretty good. Um, let's just talk about the Golden State guys real quick, and then we can kind of move on to some other topics here. Yeah. Uh, I think I liked Rollins more than you did. Um, I think the defense was was pretty rough early. Uh, he he's not a point guard. I keep seeing people do yeah. that. Like. He, he actually made some some better reads than I thought. And and because he got into the paint a little bit, like that's the thing the Wizards team was missing last year in general, was just like mm-hmm. penetrating. And without even having like great vision, he was just able to like make easy passes enough of the time to get a few assists. And I think he pushed double digit assists twice in, in two of those games, if I remember correctly. Um, but I like him. I it just, you know, to me, he's like a sixth man, sixth through eighth man ceiling kind of scoring combo guard off the bench. And, Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, if you know he turns into a defender along the way, that's great. He's got the the length to do it. I think he's reasonably athletic enough. Um, it's just a want to thing. So hopefully that's something they're emphasizing with him too. But um, I saw enough there to be kind of overall pleasantly um, pleased. I don't know, just pleased with with the uh, overall showing from him. Yeah, I mean I'm okay with him at the end of the roster. Definitely, he's not a point guard, and that's what look. That's my summer league gripe always when you don't have a decent enough point guard. Because then they're not really putting other players in position where you want to see them. Sure. So when he drives down, and I, I remember it was the actually it was the Oklahoma City game where you could hear the coach sell, saying, "Move the ball, move the ball, move the mm-hmm. ball," and he shoots a fadeaway after a no pass possession, really at the beginning of the game. Um, and Jamal Crawford actually said that he was like, "Hey, the coach is saying move the ball. That's not really the shot you want to take there." And then there was another play later that game where there was a player ahead in transition by himself. He decided to keep it himself, not pass it to the wide open player and take a layup. It's like, eh, okay, but like, so there, but there is like this quickness, there's on ball ability. Um, there's even on ball defensive ability where I noted where he was kind of a mess defensively was anytime they were in like transition, he was he kind just of got just, blown. Yeah, just gave he up. Was, he basically gave up, was waiting at the three point line for someone to get the rebound and get yeah, the, the outlet to him. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so I, was like, I was like, come on, man, you're not established enough in the league where that's what your mentality can be 
on defense. But uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm not as high on him as you are, but I see, look, there's an NBA player there and I would keep him around and see if he develops. And if he develops great, if he doesn't, he's someone that's included in it. He's included as a salary filler in a trade at the trade deadline. I think where I'm at is at the very least, the things he was bad at in summer league are very like fixable things. Like he has the tools to defend people. It's yeah. just, he didn't seem to want to do it a reasonable percentage of the time. Like, yeah, you know, like if, if somebody emphasizes that you have to do that to play, you either do that or you don't play. And and maybe that's something they can work on. I, I watched enough um, Santa Cruz Warriors games last year to think he was like a respectable enough defender. So I, okay. I don't know if that's, Hey, we didn't even have time to implement a defensive system or we're just not asking you hard enough to do that. I don't know. Um, yeah. but I, I also thought he was more controlled last year in the G league, but he also, his role was like, here's the ball, go score points. And I think one of the things when guys like that get traded early in their career, it, it's a mental level set for them of like, I'm not the featured guy here anymore. Like you got to earn, like understand yeah. your place in the pecking order. Like you were, a young piece for golden state. You're not I mean, like, are you here? I, I think they'll have to kind of work with that like, work with him to understand like where he fits in the priority things. Like, do they care about his development more than a Johnny Davis? If they both play for the go-go some next year, like we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, similar with Patrick Baldwin. Like if he and Vucevic both ended up on the go-go, like they really, you know, realistically are going to do the same kind of things for you. Like be yeah. six, 10 plus and shoot a bunch of threes. Um, so like who, who gets the, um, you know, the nod as far as situations. Right. It, it's funny. I was at a baseball tournament all weekend, so it's just stuck in my head. But like you even heard the coach talking about maturity at the plate. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to swing for the fence every time or are you going to hit? Are you going to hit to the second base side so you can get your runner from second over to third? You know, mm-hmm. so and that's kind of and that's similar to what you're saying is Rollins going to do the play for his teammate yep. or does he think, he, hey, this is I got traded. I have to establish myself the way I'm going to establish myself is. I have to shoot the basketball. So that's the part I don't like. I don't know. Like, I think defense, you have to want to do it all the time. Sure. You can't just selectively choose to do it. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to do it because the athletes and the, the players in the NBA are too good. But like, it just, it just, to me, when he was basically like, did the reach around steal attempt and hung out at the three point line while his teammates were defending like a four on three or three on two, I was just like, uh, you know. Um, that, that comes with but, a rude awakening. You're either you end up Jerome Robinson and you're out of the league before exactly. the end of your first contract, or you figure it out and and you become good enough that you know maybe you get it, get out there and still score the ball. Right, right. Now on Patrick Baldwin, look, the shooting is the shooting's real. I think everyone's always known the shooting mm-hmm. is real. Um, there were a couple. I think there was was it the third or fourth game where he did not shoot well. Yeah, and he really did nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that's the whole Patrick Baldwin. That's why, look, he showed enough he had to be some rebounds like, and stuff, yeah, but it's not some, like he's if, doing he's, anything. if that shot is not going in, you're really, yeah, it's limited. It's like kind of one of those players. So, like, you know, you didn't get us, you didn't find a gem, I don't think. And I, yeah. nor do I think that they thought they found a gem. I think he was a filler. Maybe Golden sure. State wanted to get off that contract to l- reduce their luxury tax bill. Maybe the Wizards wanted to take a look. We don't really know who drove the Patrick Baldwin portion of that trade. Um, but it's, it's, you know, did you get like a shooting specialist? Probably. Sure. And that's, I think, recognize that that's what you have. And if he grows from there, great. If not, that's kind of what you're going to get. And he has to be viewed in that type of light. I don't think there's some type of crazy all around player upside, but let's see, you know. 
if he and Rollins, either either of them, end up like competent rotation players, you know, mm-hmm. down the road in three years when this team is good again, I think that's a win. If you take one yeah. of the two and you get that, I'm, like I'm cool. Uh, but we'll see. There are going to be games where Baldwin comes in, knocks down five threes, and everyone's like, "Wow!" And he's he really he's Richard Lewis. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then we other games where he where he takes he goes over three from three, and you're like, and he gives up ten points, and you're like, "Okay, what do we do now?" <laughs> And what you do now is you just put him on the bench and that's, you kind of ride him when he's hot, take him out when he's not similar with Vucevic though. Like there were a couple games where like he, he got like in there and made some deflections and things like that. And you know, he's not going to be like a defensive stalwart, but like I'm okay. If like you're at least putting in effort, you know what I mean? Like, like there were times where like Bertans would just stand there and like people would like drive past his noodle armed ass. And and now it's like, (laughs) at least you've got Baldwin's like trying. I mean, he's, he's not going to be great, but Maybe he can get no, he better. Tried. Like I remember the first game he was with against Matherin and he yeah. pushed him kind of behind the backboard and forced a miss. He he competed. He yeah. showed me more defensively than I expected. Yeah, exactly. That's hundred percent where I'm at. Yeah. Um let's let's move on to the coaching staff here real quickly because we gotta get you out of here. Um David Vanterpool just it was announced that he will be hired. I guess they're still kind of working through that. For anybody not familiar, uh this is a local guy, right? He went to Montgomery, uh, Montgomery Blair High School in Silver Spring. I've played pickup ball there, so he and I are basically the same person now. Um, he was assistant, assistant coach for Cheska Moscow with the Warriors, or sorry, with the Blazers, excuse me, for like seven years with the Timberwolves the last uh, couple before, uh, most recently with the Brooklyn Nets um, uh, two seasons ago. So this is a great pickup in my mind. I think um, both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have said that Vanderpool is huge for them from a development standpoint. And Lillard specifically said that like Vanderpool was the guy who helped him turn into a leader and things like that. And yeah. um, like work on himself, uh, you know, as, as like the focal point of the team. And uh, I think it's just cool that Vanderpool played for the wizards. I talk about yeah. this all the time. Like I would love to have more former wizards on the coaching staff. Granted, I don't think that's what anyone will remember him for is his 22 games that he played for a bad Wizards team <laughs> in 2000, 2001. But it, or maybe it was 01, 02. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. But he averaged like five points and three assists in, in 22 games. And I just like kind of cool though, at least. We brought a local yeah. guy home. He played for the team and he's got some pedigree and, uh, you know, good players liked him and said he helped them get better. To me, this is like an absolute win. His background is in player development, and for years we've been complaining that the Wizards, right. you could argue how good the players the Wizards draft are in sure. terms of talent. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's much of an argument in terms of how they've been developed. There's definitely been lacking. It's been lacking there, I think. Or at least we think it's been lacking, um, regardless of what you think of kind of the, the player's upside. So sure. getting getting a player with a strong background in player development, getting a coach, sorry, with a strong mm-hmm. background in player development is, is big. I like the EuroLeague experience. I like kind of how he's been around all over the place, and that gives you a lot of different perspectives. Yep. And obviously, Damian Lillard's kind of um, his co-signing the hire, kind of, or just kind of his how he credits him for teaching him how to lead. I think timing-wise, it works really well with this organization. You just drafted Bilal Kubali, who may be the face of this team in a couple of years. You want to get those type of coaches in with him early so that he could develop as – Look, we don't know how long Vanderpool is going to be here because he's interviewed for head coaching jobs. He the other up um, the next coach or the head coach of the Wizards. I'm just saying, we finally put a possible. guy on the staff that could push Wes Unseld <laughs> um, and be the replacement if we have to move on. Just throw and even Brian Keith. Brian Keith is also interviewed for head yeah. coaching jobs, if I'm correct. Correct, right? So yep. you have two strong candidates who have now coming in on uh, com- who are coming in as assistant coaches on the staff. You don't know how long they're going to be here. 
maybe one, so you, like you said, maybe one takes over eventually. But that said, you want them here early with Bilal. You want them so that those habits, that those, those leadership habits, that kind of work ethic is established, is kind of put in up front. So, because those are the, you know, Bilal to like the 10th, or, you know, much more than Tristan, but even Tristan, those are the two most important players on the roster, in my opinion. Like, if any, I was asked today, um, who do I think is going to get a get an extension between Corey and Danny? I was like, what about neither? You know, yeah, I was good. like, I was like, really, the only player, the only two players that I'm confident are going to be on the roster next year uh, in 24, 25 mm-hmm. are Bilal and Tristan, you know? So get these new developmental coaches in with them, these guys who s- stress that, these strong background coaches, <clears throat> also who have like great just kind of overall, they're not just coming from one one staff. They've come from, I think Brian Keefe worked under Popovich for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you have a lot of different perspectives. You have good developmental background, track records. It's nothing but positive out of this, you know? You're putting Wes Unseld on notice, I think, at the very least of like, now there are finally guys, like Joseph Blair was never realistically going to be a candidate to replace Wes Unseld. Like these are both guys that like, if you shit the bed and the team doesn't respond to you, like now there's some pressure on you. And yeah. this is not your front office that hired you. Yes, the owner kind of protected you this offseason by all accounts. But, you know, if if they're checked out by like game 15 or something, uh, like you got to check yourself a little bit if, if you're West, because these guys are competent enough that somebody could feel fine with them being an interim for the rest of the year. And I think some of this is cliched a little bit, but you look at Vanderpool and just like his resume Won the Russian League twice. It's extensive. Run the Russian Cup twice. He's a Euroleague champion. He's an all Euro League second teamer. He's Italian League, Italian Super Cup, Italian yeah. Super Cup MVP. Uh, he won in the ABA. He won in the CBA. He was a first team all defender of the CBA. He's their assist leader one of those years. And like you said, he's coached at multiple places. Um, as a coach, his team won a Euro League. As a coach, his team won five Russian League championships. Like, mm-hmm. The, the dude brings some amount of winning pedigree with him. And, and I think that stuff really does translate. Like they're different leagues, but like winning habits are winning habits. And yeah. the leadership stuff, like I, I'm not saying pool is more important than Koulibaly, but like if you can make pool a leader and people buy into the physical skills and things like that already, like I'm team pool in the Jordan or in the Jordan pool, Draymond green fight, but yeah. he was probably immature, right? So if you're mm-hmm. Vanderpool and you can help him grow up, at the worst case, it gives him more trade value down the road to think, well, this guy's also a leader and things like that too. So and you've also it's a had, win-win. Yeah, and Vanderpool also has been with Dame. So he yeah. he will see, hey, you know, if, if Poole is not getting it, mm-hmm. similarly, he'll say, look, this guy just doesn't get it, you know? Yeah. And you can, yeah, he can tell you, he does not have the habits that CJ had even, you know? Like right, that's he'll a, tell a you, comp. and like he has two very good comps that he can compare the player to, yep. and he can say, look, he's, if he's getting it, you invest. And then that's kind of where it'll be interesting to see the di- dynamic between him and Wes Unseld Jr. If he's pushing one thing, if he's like, if his players, he thinks are developing and how will Wes incorporate his suggestions and kind of mm-hmm. what he's, what he's doing. But yeah, just as important, he'll tell you who's not working and who's not coming along the right way and who's not, who doesn't have the right habits because Dave and CJ are fantastic models in terms of like what you want your young players to aspire to especially CJ, the parallels with him and, and pool are like, they're similarly sized two guards at, that aren't crazy athletes and mm-hmm. little undersized for their position. And 
I mean, obviously CJ went around the lottery was he 13 or whatever, but he wasn't yeah. like a heralded guy coming in. It was, it was a weaker State draft player. where yeah, he, right. yeah, he kind of just had a good tournament from a smaller school, lesser known right. guy. So I think you can tell, like, is he going to put in the work to be that kind of player? And that was yeah. interesting. Um, you mentioned the other guy here and that's Brian Keefe that they also brought in. He's a former college assistant. He was a video coordinator for the Spurs. He was an assistant coach in Oklahoma city. I think that's where he crossed paths with some of these guys. Uh, with the Knicks, with the Lakers, most recently with the Nets. I think he and Vanderpool work together in Brooklyn, so there's some relationship there as well, which is cool. And yeah, this is just another guy that you know has some pedigree there, but also Kevin Durant was really complimentary of, and, and Kevin Durant's mm-hmm. not like a bullshit, blow smoke kind of guy about these dudes he, that coached him. Like He's happily yeah. willing to roast them if, if he doesn't think they actually help, so the fact that he gave Keefe uh, some love, I think, is an actual meaningful thing. And, and I love both of these hires for that reason. Yeah. And it's, I think just overall is encouraging. Like the front office that they've built and the coaching staff that they're bringing in, kind of the question for years has been, is Washington a destination? And, and in terms of players, we still don't know. Yeah. Like that's to be determined because, frankly, hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But in terms, of, in terms of what they're doing on the front office side, in terms of what they're doing on the coaching side, People seem to want to come here. Yeah. I don't know if they're just overpaying everyone or if that's what's behind it. I doubt that they're Probably paying price market. Sure. I'm sure they're playing paying market, but yeah. it seems to be that this is this is kind of a spot that 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 players are trying to get. Like, sorry, not players, coaches, front office execs. They're trying to get in at the ground level mm-hmm. because they know what it's going to be potentially with yeah. Dawkins and Winger. So that's a good sign, I think. Uh, last thing I got for you, the Wizards signed Eugene Amaruya to uh, a two-way contract. He played for three years at Rutgers, sat out a year because he was pre-transfer portal stuff, or one-year transfer uh, waiver. Uh, one year at Oregon as a junior at uh, Rutgers, where he was basically a small ball big. He averaged 14.7 rebounds. Uh, was on a two-way with the Mavs, got hurt and got cut. Two-way with the Thunder, they converted him to a multi-year deal, then got cut. Signed a ten, uh, two 10 days in a row with the Pistons, signed for the rest of the year, didn't got, uh, get brought back. I asked my friend Bryce Simon, who played at American and was the is the host of the Pistons Pulse podcast, what he thought of of Eugene Amaruya, and he said, yeah, he was okay, great two-way guy, help you uh, try out for the Wizards there. I don't know what your forward room is like, but he plays really, really hard, so maybe he can push guys. I, I think that's the whole thing here, is like you've got three two-way contracts now, Maybe this guy just like lights a fire under people's asses. And Jihadi always talks about like how important it is to have a couple guys in practice that will just like work and play hard and kind of like bring the energy and, and you need that throughout the course of the year. So as long as the other two, two ways are used on like real developmental guys, I'm okay with this, but couldn't we have also just signed him to a G league contract probably? Yeah. You know, like, um, look, getting a 26, year old who's going to be 27 next season kind of like throwback undersized big mm-hmm. as your two-way contract doesn't really excite He's me slightly younger anthony gill like let's be honest yeah yeah like maybe they're planning on anthony gill i think there was that tweet that he might be going back to the euro league next year yeah. so maybe he's your anthony gill replacement but you know i'm not thrilled about it tw- that someone that old to a two-way you'd like the two-ways contract to be for someone who you think could eventually develop into young playable roster roster mm-hmm. player and i just don't see i don't see that kind of a throwback type player not a modern day nba player but like look if he's if you you're thinking about him in terms of his job is to come in and get physical with gafford and tristan in practice 
all good. Just don't hurt them. You know, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah. When Kuzma doesn't want to practice because he's playing 38 minutes a game, can Amaru yeah. know, fit in and, and practice or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It's not ideal. I would have rather seen a guy like a DJ Stewart from the summer league yeah. team. I was really impressed with Stewart in like minimal minutes that mm-hmm. scoring kind of came and went, but the guy was like slapping the floor at half court when he was picking guys up, you know, from the opposite three point line. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. I like this shit and he's younger and he's athletic and he looks like a modern wing. Those yeah. are the kind of dudes uh, I want to see that like fill out the go-go roster. So, so a few of those Donovan Williams even would have been more impressive to me. They're guys that have both had like cups of coffee in the NBA. So they could maybe give you the same things that uh, yeah. Amaruya does, but he played at Rutgers. Um, you know, their, their coaching staff has really turned them into a defensive minded system and program. So I think this is a guy that will come in and, and at least like scrap. So uh, that's, that's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Is he, um, are the other two way is Quinn Jackson still on a two way contract? It has not been announced. I think they have like rights to him, um, to bring him back on a two way this year, like a basically a restricted free agency for two okay. ways, but he is not, uh, currently signed to a two way deal to my knowledge. I didn't see um, much to say bring him back either. So like you said, yeah. I hope those other two spots are used for actually more developmental players. Quinn Jackson was, I'm not going to say it was the biggest dip- disappointment of summer league because I didn't have high expectations, sure. but I cringed every time he came and picked him onto the floor. So I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> he, he looked like, and that was the thing people saw highlights last year and convinced themselves like that he was the future of the wizard somehow, but cause yeah. he dunks really good. <laughs> and it's like, well, you didn't watch him do anything else. Like, do you know if he can shoot or dribble and defend which he, really kind of can't do any of those three things at the moment but i do i will say he looked much better to me for most of the go-go season than he looked at any point during summer league so maybe he is a guy that needs more structure and and things like that um you know so we'll we'll see Uh, i got a couple summer league related pods lined up for people um dj vasilievich that played on the summer league team was the the gunner for them uh from from the sydney kings gonna try to get him on here and then uh, QJ Peterson that played for the Knicks summer league team had a really great tweet about like coming in, pushing people hard um, and being that like spark plug off the bench. He played at VMI. He is an absolute bucket getter. Um, so QJ is probably going to come on here too and talk about just That's a little fantastic. bit like what summer league awesome. is like. So Oz, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Um, any final shot, shots here before we get you out of here? Uh, I, yeah, I, it's my, the one thing I'm wondering, and we could talk about this at some other point. Um, the roster, like you, you kind of saw the numbers. Like, I, there's still some things to be done on the roster side. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen with Shamit? What's going to happen with with Delon Wright? Because I think Bilal showed you enough where he has to get on the court. Gallo, even yeah, I mean. even Gallo. Like, and the funny thing is, like, initially they said it was a buyout candidate, and someone said that no, he doesn't want to buy uh, buyout. So I think to me, when I that translates to no one wants to sign me right away. Exactly. So why would I give any money back? So let me. My best path might be show I'm healthy with the Wizards. And, and then, then you buy me out yeah, right. or buy me out later on in the season. Yeah. So there are a few things there um, that still need to be played out. I, d- I don't really know what their plan is at the center position. Um, is Tristan going to yeah. come in right away? Cause right now all they have is Gafford really, you know? Yeah, so I think there's still some moving parts. Those are things I'm interested in watching because like, it's, it's still funny. They have some competent players. Like they have, you know, Kuzma pool, Tyus Jones, mm-hmm. but like you could tell there's some really deficient areas on the roster yeah. And it's not like we need a finished product now because I think the goal is not ultimately to be very competitive. But if you're trying to start a culture reset and create the right habits, I don't know if they have the right talent there for that at all the spots yet. Mike Muscala, small ball five, yeah. baby. We're doing it. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, 
Yeah, let, let's have a follow-on convo here sometime later this week or something about yeah. just what the roster looks like and who we want to start and all that good stuff. Uh, as always, appreciate your time, man. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just believe in Wizards. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're watching this, click that little subscribe button or like button uh, on the, the YouTube video here for us. We appreciate you. Uh, brought to you by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube